This episode of the Supply Chain Brain Podcast is supported by Amber Road, a leading provider of on-demand global trade management software and services. Be sure and stick around after the discussion for a look at the company and what it's offering to international traders. But now, on to the podcast. It's time for the procurement function to go digital, but supply chains can't stop there. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. We're living in a digital world, and global supply chains must adjust. That's especially true for procurement, where supplier relationships are too often based on manual processes, legacy systems, and the redundant entry of data. While this is hardly a controversial position, the overwhelming percentage of procurement executives believe that a digital plan is needed, but fewer than 15% of them are currently executing on such a plan. Today, we'll seek to understand the definition and importance of digital sourcing with my guest, Gary Baracco, Director of Global Product Marketing with Amber Road. He'll explain how the sourcing and procurement landscape is changing and why it's critical to link progress in that area with processes running throughout the supply chain. We'll learn how digitalized systems allow companies to bring suppliers into the picture much earlier than before, all the way back to product design and lifecycle management. And we'll discover the secrets of fast fashion, whereby products can be brought from design to store in just 25 days. So here is my conversation with Gary Baracco. Gary Baracco, welcome back to the show. Hey, good afternoon. Glad to be here. Our topic today is digital sourcing, and I'd like to first of all start out by asking you what the heck that means. There's puzzlement out there, and just this week I I was with a group from the United Kingdom, and when I talked about digitizing the supply chain, they said, oh, you mean digitalizing the supply chain? And I said, well, it's similar to aluminum and aluminum. So yes, you can add more (laughs) digits, but either way, what we're talking about is the need for companies to transform their supply chain. And the reason why they're doing this is pretty complex, but basically the global trade landscape is evolving and continuing to evolve dramatically. And as the world sees these political shifts and and cross-border trade and, and of course, layer in those consumer buying habits that are sending ripples through supply chains and retail, companies have to pursue a strategy to deal with these pressures. And the best way to do that is to move everything to electronic means and digitize their supply chain. It allows them to create a more collaborative network and allows for better positioning in the product lifecycle. I thought we were going there 10 or 15 years ago when we started to talk about supplier portals. Nobody called it digitizing at the time, but 
Is that a different animal? What are we talking about today that's so different from what we've done up to now? Because we're all on the Internet. We're all using computers. We're all sending EDI messages and XML messages. What do you mean when you say digitizing that is distinct from what's been going on up to now? You're right. We were there years ago. But not every link within the supply chain was able to share data across all their parties. Years ago, we talked about, well, will we see these pockets of sourcing bases even get on the Internet, let alone have the bandwidth and capability for them to share data in real time with us and collaborate? Uh, now we have seen that happen, and organizations down to the end tier are able to collaborate on a network and just give us a broader insight and visibility into our operation. So just to get a level set in this conversation, we are talking about stuff that is happening, not stuff that should happen? Well, it's a great point. Research shows that 90% of CEOs believe that they should have a digital supply chain, and it's going to have a major impact on their industry. But less than 15% are funding and executing on the digital plan. But Amber Road and many other software providers have supply chains that have made that transformation to a digital world. And, and realistically, what we're talking about is converting information into a digital format organizing that information, and then sharing that across all of the parties of their supply chain. It's more of a platform play than a point solution, and everyone eventually needs to be on this at each stage during the supply chain. So it's more than a supplier portal, which in itself was kind of a, I don't know if you could legitimately call that a platform, but it's kind of the same philosophy, maybe, is it not? Only with newer technology, with Big data helping us out and analytics helping us out. I guess those are things that have come between then and now that make this more possible. Yes, for sure. The keys to digitization are capturing transaction data once and then reusing that data. And this eliminates errors, redundancy, workload, makes everything more efficient. That master data then facilitates the ability to use that in a robust and correct data model. Then we're going to integrate the data with other systems and partners. So we'll integrate to ERPs and TMS and WMS systems. But we're sharing and making that visible with the people that need it. This is the key to digitization. Is it a big investment, Gary, to the extent that it might give executives pause as to whether they want to spend money on this? Of course, but there's tremendous value. And the value points that we are pointing to are direct cost savings, workforce efficiency, faster, leaner, more agile supply chains, and of course, risk mitigation. And, and throughout the supply chain, we have different areas. So in sourcing, there's areas where we can see increased value in transportation and logistics the same. And so we can easily point to areas where these rectify themselves. Okay, something you said earlier kind of starts to ring my skeptic bells, and that's when you use the phrase end-tier. Are you honestly believing, do you really say that digitizing the supply chain is taking place now all the way up multiple tiers of suppliers, or we have yet to get, have we yet to get past tier one and two to truly make this a unified platform? Realistically, it depends on the organization, but we are seeing it penetrate past tier two, especially the tier three, 
tier four, going further is, is much more difficult. And I think that's where we see initiatives like the conflict minerals ruling kind of being pushed aside because the capability down to tier seven and eight in your supplier base is nearly impossible. But getting the visibility, and if, if it's the suppliers that are then pulling information and accessing information from those component or raw material suppliers that work for them, eventually that ripples up to the brand where you can gain that level of control that's often necessary. Does the effort need to be driven entirely by the OEM, or can you like rely on your Tier 1s to enact your Tier 2s and your Tier 2s to get your Tier 3s on board, or should it all be centralized from the very beginning in terms of an overall effort? I think the initiative needs to start from the beginning at the most top level, your brand or your OEM, but we're seeing where brands are actually culling down the number of suppliers they work with to a select group of suppliers that are their top tier suppliers producing the highest quality. Maybe the brand has some investment in the factory through different types of initiatives, but they're able then to manage more closely what happens with that supplier, and then that supplier can work with the tiers below them. So I think if we put these pieces together, and they all have value in different areas, so if you're offering better work incentives to a factory, then that factory is going to partner closely with you as a brand. You know, we're talking about procurement. So by definition, we're sort of starting at the middle of the supply chain and working our ways up. Does digitization also have to happen throughout the supply chain? Does it have to start with the end customer? and propagate up to the OEM and the brand, at which point it can then move on to suppliers. Do we have to like get the entire picture at once, or is that just too much to bite off in one effort? In the utopian world, it would be ideal to have that. And, and oftentimes we do, but we have to understand that our customer has so many different looks today. Who is a customer? Are we selling directly to the consumer? Are we selling to business? So let's just start with the brand, the OEM, and we've seen it realized already through our customer base that this can work. And let's see if we can work in that other direction. Make the case in terms of the value proposition to the suppliers themselves, especially beyond tier one. What should an OEM or a brand say to them in order to convince them to get on board? Other than the fact, if you don't, we won't do business with you. That's obvious. But what is the benefit to the supplier beyond that? Visibility is so important to suppliers because suppliers don't only work with one brand unless they're solely owned or dedicated by that brand. So knowing what's coming to them in the future is really important, right? So I know I'm going to get these orders from you and I'm then going to have the capability to reserve my capacity for you. I can pre-position my raw materials with you. I might even be able to participate in the design process with you and collaborate so that we can actually innovate on some competitive features for our product. So these are really important to me. Ah, you just touched on a really interesting aspect when you talked about product design management, and I'm sure you would also argue product lifecycle management. You, we are putting all that into one big ball with sourcing, aren't we? Often sourcing and PDM slash PLM are talked about in different subjects. You're bringing them together, which is a great thing. But at the same time, again, it becomes intimidating. Does it not try to put all that into one big ball of wax? 
what's the solution to allow us to go forward and with all of that in mind without getting tripped up just by the hugeness of the challenge? I'll make it even more difficult for you. At Amber Road, we call all of this global trade management. And for us, global trade management starts with sourcing and supplier onboarding. And it doesn't end until it's into the receipt, into the hands of the recipient. Because we believe that global trade starts way early during that sourcing life cycle and the design life cycle. And these things eventually affect what happens early in the processes affect the downstream global trade activities. So transformational leaders are looking to include all of the functional areas, starting at sourcing, product design, supplier management, production management, shipment, trade, import, export, and duty savings. And that's how we package it under global trade management. I find that really interesting, too, that you're involving suppliers at such an earlier stage. I mean, maybe this is what manufacturers have been doing all along. It doesn't feel like it, though. It feels like this is something kind of new. It's not like you design the product, then you go find the supplier to make it for you. The supplier is in at the beginning. Is that true? And number two, is digitization helping to make that possible? It has to be digitized in order for things to move this fast. Supply chains like Gloria Jeans and Zara and H&M, those fast fashion retailers, are rocking the production cycle. They're turning out products from design to store in an average of 25 days. So they're doing this instead of producing multiple hard copy samples through 3D rendering, through high-resolution imagery, and they're really making high-level design concepts, sharing them electronically. So through strong collaboration and the web-based tools, the manufacturers can then turn out a prototype in five days based on the solid design requirements. I give you my design requirement, you're going to manufacture that. So we need to emulate the way these fast fashion retailers and design teams have worked and see what we can put into our product lifecycle. At the same time, maintaining end-to-end visibility. But Zara and a handful of other uh, producers have been doing this for years. Maybe not calling it digitization back then, but they've managed somehow to make it work in a more manual environment, have they not? They're doing it in a digital world today, and that's what's picked up speed. So we know that they're down. We've seen statistics that they're from design to store in 25 days. One of the Amber Road customers, Gloria Jeans, the the Russian fast fashion retailer, is using our system in a digital environment to do just that. So whereas they were doing it before, they can certainly do it a heck of a lot more efficient now that they have the technology available to them. So I can imagine fast, fast fashion gets even faster, doesn't it? Right. Brands and retailers that were looking at Zara and H&M three years ago were looking at a 45-day cycle, and, and they were jealous. Now we're looking at 25 days, and they're trying to figure it out. But the consumer is putting that demand on everyone, not just fast fashion. The consumer wants that customized product. They want it now when they saw it on the runway model. I want to talk about the ROI. We, we said, we admitted, of course, that there is a certain amount of investment involved in getting this up on its feet. How long does it take for the benefits to realize themselves? Let's start with procurement cost. Will this bring down procurement cost in the long run? We've seen it happen in procurement costs within the first year because of production cycles. It depends on the product that you're manufacturing, how many times you're going to market with a new product line. But basically, we're looking at a lot of different areas. We're reducing cycle time. 
we're providing end-to-end visibility, we're consolidating data, but you brought in analytics earlier. And analytics become really important because as a, an organization, we wanna see what we did right and we wanna continue to emulate that in the future. Mm-hmm. Same time, we want to look and say, what what did we do wrong and avoid that? Of course, that is, it's garbage in, garbage out. We need to, what we're analyzing, the data has to be, number one, present, and number two, right. accurate, and number three, timely. So the supplier has to be on board with us in order to make all that happen. For sure. Right. Also, to the issue of the value proposition when it comes to access to materials, uh, to what degree are forward-looking companies finding a way to tie this whole thing in to their supplier risk management strategies. Is there an, right. a, is there an angle there that uh, is worth looking at and provides value? We've seen in the news recently about major production lines, BMW being shut down because they don't have access to the components that they need from their supplier, whether it be the tire supplier or part of the, the motor or engine. And so ensuring that you have all of your components pre-positioned within the long chain, not just the short chain, will affect not just the speed that you're manufacturing, but have a direct cost reduction. Can you expect that the coming of digitization for many companies can mean a different universe of suppliers? Do you find that companies that have engaged in this kind of effort are actually changing their supplier universe as a result one way or another? No, they're using the same suppliers in their long-term partnerships with suppliers, but they're Mm -hmm. moving into this digital world to speed the way they do business. I'm also curious as to what might be the impact on procurement professionals, because this seems to me to raise a whole new issue of skills. You mentioned analytics. That brings on board the requirement for a huge new level of skills in in, in analytics. You need analytics professionals. What does this mean for the procurement professional of the future in terms of what skills that individual must possess in order to run a digitized procurement supply chain? There's a difference in being a supply chain manager today as it was 30 years ago. But overall, we're looking at a more efficient collaboration So interacting electronically versus working uh, on the phone or fax machines, automation allows for the evaluation of process by exception business and, and analyzing to see where things are going wrong as opposed to going right. It allows for automation of, of things like documents and, and alerts to tell me where I need to focus my attention while providing greater visibility. So, The supply chain executive of the future is going to have their finger on a mobile device more than they will on a desktop. Is the cloud an essential element in digitization of procurement and the supply chain in general? Could we not have done that, done this in the past without the cloud? We need to break down that firewall, that barrier, and allow data to be shared in the cloud. We still have some customers that are still working with some data behind the cloud. They might keep their ERP information behind the cloud, but then they're going to send out other data into the cloud on our platform, share that, collaborate, and then push it back. The resistance to cloud-based applications went away years ago not too many years ago, and now we see that the trust factor is there and we don't have any issues with customers moving to the cloud. 
This is not necessarily a cloud-oriented question, although it used to be, in the question of security. When data becomes digital, does it not therefore become vulnerable to hacking, to cyber attack, to all kinds of intrusions? Should we be concerned about that? Yeah, it's always a concern for any provider. And actually, Amber Road has made some marked investments recently to ensure cybersecurity, all of the latest cybersecurity features are in place for our customers. So what's to be done, Gary? You, you indicate to a certain degree we're sort of there, but I'd like to get a picture of how you see this in maybe five years or 10 years down the line in terms of the procurement landscape with digitizing having come to the fore and reached total maturity. How different might this picture look like in just a few years from now? I think that we're going to have a smaller universe of manufacturers, and they're the ones that are going to have survived through the change. The leaders that are going to transform the way they do business today. We have to realize transformation is a scary word. But it's time for change. Incremental change is either gradual, improving kind of your basic operations or work processes, start there. But if you're transforming, you're redesigning and renewing the entire organizations. Our customers that have come in and said, we want to embrace a transformational shift are the ones that are being most successful because they're making those changes. It's a complex world that we're working in, and we need to key into that. Gary, we have just spent some time talking about the transformation of procurement in the age of digitization. Let us now talk about the transformation of Amber Road itself. This company has evolved quite radically over the years that it's been in existence. Talk to me a little bit about what it was and, and what it's become and what it is today. Amber Road traditionally was a global trade management system by the, the typical definition, and that is providing services for import, export, and duty management. Over the years, we've acquired multiple companies, and those companies then broaden the scope of the system. We're all harmonized into one platform now. And so for us, global trade management, by definition, starts with global sourcing, production, but then we also have the important areas of logistics and transportation management. Duty management, free trade zones, and special work for doing China trade are other areas where we have expertise. What evolution have you seen in the technology? I mean, obviously, we've been talking about some of that in this conversation about the cloud, about big data and analytics. What are the big technology trends that have led to the transformation of Amber Road to what it is today? Companies embracing cloud-based platforms has been the biggest change that we've seen. We had install-based customers. We've migrated most of them to the cloud, opening up the systems to include a range of partners that are not just suppliers, but also the three PLs, the transportation, the consolidators, customs brokers, anyone working within the supply chain need to have access to the same system. So we're providing a one-stop shop, though, with the best-in-class software. We also have a full team of trade content specialists that provide regulatory content on all various aspects, professional service to do that, the network through the logistics providers that I talked about earlier, 
and then that cloud platform. So this is a nice one-stop shop, and it's really all of the building blocks and why Amber Road continues to win big customers. All the building blocks right now, but I'm sure that you're looking to further evolve uh, in, in future. What is the Amber Road of tomorrow? Again, back to that five to ten year kind of crystal ball question. What do you think the company's going to look like in a few years from now? We might look to other areas of functionality that are still missing from the platform so that we can ensure that we're filling all of the gaps. We're going to continue to support our customers. We've had some recent releases for free trade agreements, for instance. We added 89 free trade agreements to our platform just within the past few months so that we're not getting as much underutilization to streamline the trade agreement processes and documentation processes for our customers. We'll continue to add more functionality and, and maintain trade content as we move ahead. Well, we will follow your evolution with interest. Gary Baracco, thank you so much for joining us again on the program to talk about the digitization or the digitalization of procurement and the supply chain in general, and also tell us a little bit about Amber Road, where it's been, where it is, and where it's going. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. That was my conversation with Gary Baracco of Amber Road, talking about the evolution of digital sourcing. Our thanks to Amber Road for sponsoring this episode. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.